Uh, welcome to the Up the Villa Aussie Villains podcast. I'm Paul, your host. You can get me on Paul underscore football. You can get us on Australian fans of Villa on Facebook and Twitter as well. We'll be looking back at the Southampton game, reviewing the West Ham game and looking at injuries and, and our January transfer window. This is Up the Villa, the Aussie Villains podcast. So the January transfer window has come and gone. Uh, Dean Smith has added to our squad with a little bit more midfield um, talent. Morgan Sanson, 14 uh, million euro deal from Marseille. Now, it looks like we've gone out to grab the players or the player that we would need. And, um, you know, we've, we've put quite a few players out um, onto into the transfer market in terms of loans, which uh, frees up some salary space there as well. So we'll look at some of the players that we've... Uh, uh, Kalinic has gone to Hajek Split on loan. Jack Clark off the Chesterfield on loan. Tyreek Wright, uh, Walsall on loan. Uh, Dominic Riven, Weymouth on loan. Callum Rowe onto Hereford United on loan. Uh, Connor Horahan, I always say his name wrong, uh, Swansea City on loan. Uh, Henri Lansbury has been released altogether. And uh, Frederick Gilbert has gone off to Strasbourg on loan. So we've loaned a lot of players out. And you can look at it in a couple of different ways. Um, obviously, one of those is that these players are actually getting uh, first-team experience and the, and the potential to sign on with some of those clubs. With some of our younger players, whilst under-18s and under-23s, football is fantastic. They, as we all know, there's nothing like um, having um, first-team experience as well. So, you know, there's a long history of clubs um, building their depth, and we know what we've done in our um, with our academy over the last few years as well. So, you know, I think we've got to be pretty happy with that. We're also in in a secondary way freeing up a uh, lot of um, income that would have been or pay, player payments that would have been spent there as well. Uh, and, and I think that January generally is a, a really tough time to get the quality players. They're generally players who are either disgruntled and said they want to leave, or you're going to be paying overs. And that's the thing I think that a lot of people need to realise. Right now, we're top 10. Uh, I think we're, our midfield depth is fantastic. Um, you know, so, as we've said, signing the, the Marseille midfielder, Morgan Sanson. Um, and if you look at his highlights, and highlights can always just obviously show the best, he looks like he'll fit right in, a creative player, someone who can shoot from distance, which is going to um, help us a lot as well. And remembering that players like Louise and Barkley are loan players as well. So we've signed someone, if anything had have happened, you know, in those last kind of minutes, um, we've done really uh, well there. So I think we've done well in this period. Um, just to summarise, you know, the January period, you can pay way overs. Um, a lot of people, and COVID does come into play, a lot of people are not wanting to move for the uncertainty um, of this period. So one of the things that people have cried out for um, is more strikers. But if you honestly went and had a look at who was available at the time and what the transfer market was predicting, there wasn't really that standout striker. And potentially there might have been players at the lower levels we could have brought up. But once again, we potentially would have play, paid overs for them. We're halfway through the season. The squad depth looks really good. Uh, obviously, Wesley's injury concerns. Um, hopefully, he comes good towards the end of the season. And that gives us a bit more uh, striking depth and a different kind of striker as well. 
Um, so I think we've done well. We've freed up a lot of salary um, and we've signed uh, what looks like another quality midfielder. So well done to Dean Smith and crew. So each week on this podcast, um, on Twitter, we will put up a request uh, and on Facebook as well um, for any questions you might have for the podcast and see if we can try and answer it uh, as well. We'll try and answer it, but as well as we can for you. And I had a couple of questions this week. Um, I just want to let um, small block V8, uh, Chris at 39924. We won't be answering your question, if that's okay. I think you've agreed that it may not be appropriate for the podcast. Uh, Mark Smith, Smithy1874, has asked us, having signed Sanson, do we also need uh, to sign Barkley on a permanent basis? Is he worth the supposed $30 million asking price? Well, at this stage, we've obviously um, built that depth. Barkley still looks... I know he scored the winner against Southampton, but he's had a couple of little injury setbacks um, but he looks really happy at the club. Um, I think if we could get him under $30 million, I think it's a bargain. He, you could see him playing out the rest of his career uh, at Villa Park. The interplay between himself and Grealish is tangible. You can just see it uh, in every game that they play together. He frees up um, Grealish to go wide or cut inside as he wants. And then also then you've got Watkins, who will then drift out uh, to the right when those uh, three are on song. Um, so I think... If we can sign Barkley on a permanent basis, absolutely. Um, if it's thirty million or over, it's a tough ask. But we're in a very different environment. I think one of the advantages we also have with, and we have to keep bringing COVID into play because a lot of people are reluctant to move themselves and their families. Um, the UK has, you know, per capita at the moment one of the worst um, kind of issues with the pandemic, and and I not making any um, political statements in that regards. It's just a very scary time. And for anyone listening from the UK or anywhere, we really do feel for you. Um, but in saying that, because Barkley is based here now, well, he's always been based here, but because he is based here, then I think the $30 million would be a really good uh, asking price. Um, from Witten to Rotterdam uh, has also uh, written in as well. And um, he is at Witten Pod ABC. Uh, on Twitter. He's asked lack of subs. Smith not wanting to impact the defensive shape or Smith just not wanting uh, or knowing how to be intuitively proactive with his game management. Burnley and Southampton give evidence to either respectively. It's a really great question. It's one that many of us are asking. I've got to admit, um, you know, we started badly against Southampton and we um, started to play better. And then once we got the lead, we, we looked a bit tired at the end. Um, Smith has said, so we have to have faith. I mean, we're in a fantastic position. 
he's he's brought us along to a position none of us thought we would be in uh, halfway through this season. He has said on a number of occasions he likes to keep the squad on for as long as he can. He believes in their fitness. He believes in their shape. So unless tactically something is not going right, then he is going to continue um, this tactic and this, this notion that the players will play as long as they can. Now, obviously, we saw when Jack was subbed off um, in a previous game where he was really upset about being subbed off. And uh, I don't, I, that was more, that was more about um, man management and being proactive because another yellow card meant that Jack was going to miss the next game. So I see that as proactive engagement uh, or, or, or man management. Would we all love to see some more subs? I think most of us would. I, I saw our players, or I felt our players were getting tired the other night. Um, and in, in saying that, we have to trust in Dean Smith's philosophy. The players know what he's asking of them. They're expecting to do the full shift. So unless it's a tactical or, or injury um, situation, I believe that we're going to see that further. So I don't know. I don't believe it is intuition. Uh, I believe it is the game plan that they're going out for. Time will tell if that works. So far, absolutely. You know, we're in a position where Europe's not out of the question. So a fantastic question there. If anyone wants to debate that, um, get on Aussie Villains and continue the conversation. And also in further podcasts, if you guys have any questions, uh, we'll do our best to answer them. Thanks for the questions, guys. That way. I sort of understand the Ward-Prowse right-back thing with Grealish, Dave, because he probably trusts Ward-Prowse more than anyone, as Ings does brilliantly. Turns the defender, shot this time from Armstrong. Villa want a hand, uh, Saints want a handball. Lee Mason looks to be waving that claim away from Stuart Armstrong, who drifted off that left-hand side nicely. Well, we're going to get another look at it for you at home. Ings has uh, absolutely done uh, Louise, I think it was. And top for Grealish to run onto, he's onside, he crosses it into the heart of the penalty area. Oh, and Ross ball. Barkley meets it perfectly and heads it past McCarthy back the other way as he ran to his right. And Villa take the lead with five minutes to half time. Grealish Ward. involved and Saints got caught out over Ward. the top and Barkley unmarked. Ward Prowse caught out of position, ball held over the top. As Barkley's got his, uh, Grealish has got in behind him, he's whipped it in. It's a great cross in. And uh, you can see the ball over the top that's just caught Ward Prowse out as he whips that ball in beautiful delivery. Yeah. Quality, quality into the box. But and Barkley comes in, good header, one up. Louise plays it inside to Ings, to Bertrand, sorry. Short to Jankovic, good ball into Adams, trying to hold up the defender, and then the shot comes in from Bertrand. Dealt down with, and Danny Ings does equalise, but the flag goes up. The flag goes up. So on Sunday, we took on Southampton in a really pivotal game for us to, to get a little bit uh, of traction back after an extremely disappointing, uh, surprising loss against Burnley when we seemed to be well in control of the game. We were dominated for large parts of this game. Um, we lacked the possession. We didn't have as many passes. Um, we, you know, we had almost the same amount of shots on target, but um, Southampton had 20 shots. Two very controversial uh, decisions, obviously, VAR um, coming to our rescue for once. Um, you know, personally, I think both decisions could have gone Southampton's way. I know by the letter of the law, coming off the leg and onto the hand um, is obviously not handball under the new uh, interpretations, but it looked like handball. And if that decision had gone against us, as many, many have, 
then I think we would have been really disappointed to not get a penalty ourselves. Uh, and then the offside, um, many people have said, thank goodness it was Matty Cash's bum and not John McGinn's um, because it was a millimetre or two into Southampton um, equalising there as well. So VAR, it looks like it's just going to be swings and roundabouts. Uh, as Dean Smith and others have said, with the offsides, we just have to live with those. With the handball, that was the rule um, or the current interpretation of the rule. Um, I think both could have obviously gone Southampton's way. But when we did get the ball and we countered a counter-attack, we looked the team that we um, know we are. Um, Jack playing really well again. I thought Emmy looked a little bit. Everyone said how great a game he has. I had. I thought he looked a little bit shaky at times, but still put off, pulled off some absolutely brilliant saves. The defence was outstanding. The amount of blocks, the amount of times they put their bodies on the line. And yes, you can say that's what they're paid to do and, and, and that's what they should do. But my goodness, um, it was one of the great defensive efforts I've seen for Villa in many years. And we've had games as Burn, you know, Burnley twice this year and, and other games... For example, with West Ham, who we're going to be taking on tomorrow, where we've dominated games and come away with either nothing or a draw. Um, And you you can say you deserve to win, but you have to take the wins. Southampton didn't score from 20 shots. Um, We had eight shots, four on target. And what a setup. An absolutely gorgeous ball. Uh, Jack Grealish on his left. And Ross Barkley had to really stretch for it. And he put the header away. And we were ahead uh, at half time. We're going to have great games. We're going to have average games. But getting the result in a game where you've been outplayed for large parts um, is exactly what the good teams do. And at the end of the season, three points is three points, whether you've played well or not. Um, yes, it's good to look back on great wins and, and watch them on YouTube or, or whatever we can watch them over the years. But you have to get your points uh, right now. So it holds us in very good stead um, going forward uh, for the rest of the season. We are only three points off our entire tally uh, for the 2019-2020 season. We all know how much that season was a graft. Uh, so right now as we speak, um, after some other games, there's a number of games to come tomorrow. Uh, we have Man City on top on 44 points tied with Man United ahead on goal difference. Man United having played two more games. Liverpool on 40, and they've played one more game than City. Worcester City on 21 games, uh, 39 points. West Ham on 35 points, who we play tomorrow. They've played two more games than us. Um, And with our goal difference, a win would take us above West Ham, who are in fifth. That is how tight this season is. Right now, we're in ninth. We're a point behind Everton, who are in the same games as us. We've got uh, two games um, uh, to make up on Chelsea, who are one point ahead of us. So I just want you to put that in perspective. We're one game behind Tottenham, uh, and they're on 33 points. So at the start of the season, if you'd said, uh, you know, after 20 games, Villa has a chance to be in fifth, uh, I, I think we would have absolutely bitten off someone's arm. So... We'll talk about this over the following weeks, um, but we're halfway through the season. We are on 32 points. So 10 wins, two losses, uh, seven, uh, sorry, 10 wins, two draws, seven losses, plus 13 goal difference, which is fantastic. 
and we got the result against Southampton. Not going to go too much into the VAR, as we said. That's done and dusted. We've had decisions on uh, our side. We've had a very vast amount that aren't on our side. So people can throw it what they want. We'll take the three points and move on. And as we speak, my goodness, uh, Southampton copped an absolute flogging this morning. Two red cards. Uh, they were realistically in all sorts of trouble after the first red card in the two minutes, and they lost 9 nil, 9 nil to Manchester United. So it just goes to show that it's such an even competition, but if things don't go your way, you, you can really cop a hiding there. So they won't be feeling too good about VAR after the last two games. But uh, don't mean to be rude, boo-hoo, and up the villa. So tomorrow morning we take on West Ham in a really, once again, every game's vital, but another vital game to move us into basically European contention if we can get a win there. We're going to have a big loss in Courtney House not playing. Uh, looks like he'll be out with a foot problem. Four to six weeks, our medical staff has stated, as well as the gaffer. We still have Wesley out. Um, we don't know when he's going to come in. Morgan Sanson more than likely will debut, which is going to be really interesting. And who will make way for him? Myself, personally, I think it'll be McGinn. Could be Barkley for a rest. He could come off the bench. But I do believe um, it will be uh, certainly, in my mind, I think it'll be McGinn. And we're going to have such creativity. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see what's going to, ha- to happen there. Um, look, we were unlucky we didn't take our chances. There was a, you know, VAR and everything, which we've already spoken about, swings and roundabouts. We were very unlucky against West Ham. They are a good team. It's going to be hard um, game for both teams as well. I'm really thinking that um, we are going to see a couple more changes potentially, um, not because of form, but just with how many games we're playing over, you know, a two and a half week period. Um, it'd be lovely now. Um, that we've got that that depth to be able to just tactically um, really change it up. You can see, um, depending on what happens with Barkley and Sanson and so forth, you're really going to be able to see players switch positions in the midfield, uh, really drifting out to the left and then coming back inside seems to be uh, very uh, common. Uh, I'd love to see Watkins now. He's got that goal. He's been putting in shifts. He's gone close. He's missed goals where he's been marginally offside, um, and he chases back. He pressures the defenders. So it'd be it'd be brilliant for us to get off to a good start uh, and see Watkins uh, or even Grealish take it on, get inside that box and take those shots. Um, you know, we've got Traore, we've got Sanson, we've got Barkley, we've got Watkins, we've got Grealish. This is becoming an exceptionally exciting team to watch. Yes, we're going to miss House, but our defence has been absolutely rock solid. Um, Now, I know that people can get on Ming's um, back at times and he can occasionally hold on to the ball for too long, but some of his efforts uh, against Southampton were absolutely outstanding. We've Bargain of the, uh, of, the, of, the, of the last 12 months, I think, has been picking up Emmy Martinez. So now that we're settled down back, we then have that confidence to be able to transition going, going forward. I think we're going to uh, keep another clean sheet, which would be our 11th of the season. I think we're going to win 2-0. Yes, there'll be some um, moments that, 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 of course, that West Ham will be on top at different times. I think that we will have more possession than what we saw in the Southampton game. Uh, West Ham would have seen that game, and who knows, we'll, we'll, we'll possibly try and mirror it. Um, but I'll take, uh, I'll take a 2-0 win. 
Um, just really excited to see how the how the players come together, and obviously um, the team, uh, the management must think that Sanson is quality. And if you have a look at his highlights, yes, highlights from Mars, his time at Marseille, absolute quality. So I'm actually really surprised that um, we've been able to pick him up, and to pick him up for this, you know, 14 million at this time, um, I think we might be then chasing that midfielder come uh, post season and allow us to look at a little bit more defence. Um, I think our midfield is strong. Uh, whether we can sign uh, Louise or, or Barkley permanently, we've we've got that little bit of depth where it's not a panic moment, and we can look at uh, strikers post season. There's going to be more options and, and better value as well. So two nil, we beat Hammers. We move right up the ladder. Your thoughts, guys? Get us on Aussie Villains on Twitter. Give your score predictions. We've got a poll up there at the moment. Not surprisingly, most people are saying it's going to be a Villa win up the Villa. Uh, thanks for joining us on Up the Villa, the Aussie Villains podcast. I was Paul, your host. You get me on Paul underscore football on Twitter. You can get us on Australian fans of Villa on Twitter and Facebook as well. Please give us a follow. Give the podcast a follow. And if you ever want to come on, let's have a chat. This is the Up the Villa Aussie Villains podcast. Up the Villa. <laughs>